Good evening and welcome to Lost in the Long Box for Wednesday, August 7th. I'm your host, Randall. I've got my partners in crime over here. Tommy. And Madman working the boards. Yes, is on his way. Actually, not not there. Okay. I, I didn't know if maybe he was doing that light refraction trick again. Okay. He's green, so you can't see him amongst the back screen. Uh, I forgot to do something. Hold on. I got to pull up another camera. Okay, You keep you doing the show. I got it. So how was everybody's weekend? Ah, it was pretty good. Can't complain. I can. <laughs> I was I was telling you earlier, my dog decided to make a run for the hills Sunday. So, oh, wow. Yeah, she, bu- she bum-rushed the gate, and she took off across the backyard, up the front yard, and up the driveway. I'm thinking, crap. And my wife was gone over the weekend. I think I am not going to have my wife come home Monday and we have to tell her the dog's missing. Yeah, that would not um, be good. Fortunately, she's uh, friends with the neighbor's dog across the road. Mm-hmm. So she ran right to their house and then stopped when she started smelling Macy's scent in the yard. So I was able to catch her and put a leash on her and say, back. Um, so that was the bad thing that happened. Yeah. Um, I did have a, an actual, I don't want to say a good thing, but uh, something that uh, I was looking up to. Because, you know, I, I go to Dragon Con every year. Uh-huh. And uh, I've gotten to the habit of checking who the bands are that's going to be performing there every year. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've missed too many good ones because I didn't pay attention. So now I actually go to their website and I check all the bands that are coming to find out who do I want to go see. And I, and I found one that I'm really digging so far called September Morning. Uh-huh. Um, morning spelled M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Oh. And she's performing Clever. She's performing there this year. And I, I decided I'm going to go and, and see her. I've actually had been listening to the album uh, and just burning up my Napster with it. So Napster? Yes. It used to be called Rhapsody. It's Napster now. Wow, Napster's still around. I didn't realize yes, that. They, yeah, they used to call it Rhapsody. It's, it's, it's Napster. So September morning, if you're listening or if any friends out there uh, of her are listening, I am actually really digging that act. I will be coming to Dragon Con and maybe hopefully give you a card for Lost Long Box and see if we can't get you on the show. Because it is actually comic related too. So she has a comic book that goes in tandem with the music. Oh, okay. So, All right. So let's go ahead and just start getting to the news here. Um one thing that Tommy pointed out to me last week, and I'm still kind of just flabbergasted about this one. Amazing Spider-Man 300 is about to hit 20,000 graded copies. That's a lot of copies. That uh, kind of just reinforces my belief that that book is highly overrated. You think? Um, and I hate saying that because I own one that's graded. As do I. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, I could really probably just dump this thing and, and know that I can always get it again later. Yeah, and you know the thing about it is the um, the what was it the twentieth thousand twenty thousandth one that they grade is going to be free and get a special unique label, right? So that's pretty cool. I mean, granted, it's just a money grab, but still. Well, well, whoever gets it is probably going to turn around and try and flip it for like seven hundred dollars. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh no, seven hundred? <laughs> no, they're going to go like ten grand. Well, it depends what grade it gets. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They're going to go ten grand regardless. They're going to say it has a unique label, and that that's why they want that much money for it, right? So the CW um, Crisis on Infinite Earths keeps getting bigger and better. Um, I've heard that now Kevin Conroy has been cast to play an older version of Batman. I think everyone who watched all the Batman series and all the Justice League animateds um, are just like flipping over backwards going, yes, finally. I think it'd be good to have him set in the future and whatever world he's on, have him be Bruce Wayne and uh, give us some Terry McGinnis. I, I think that's where they're going is we're actually going to get him as, as the Batman Beyond Bruce Wayne. I would love that. So Yes. And, and a live action Batman Beyond would just be great. Right. But since we're actually talking about that one, CW also released their schedule for that, uh, mm-hmm. for the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. 
um, <laughs> which I read this and I kind of started laughing because it's going to really tick a lot of people off. Because what's going to happen is it's going to come out in December. It's going to start with Supergirl, and then it's going to go over to Batwoman. Batwoman, because remember, that's coming. And then yeah. the Flash. And then it's going to take a five-week break. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then after the five-week break, it's going to conclude on Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow. That's ridiculous. Because <laughs> I read that, and I'm like, oh, you're going to really hack some people off, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> that is stupid. That bad decision, CW, bad decision. Yeah, I, and because they said it's coming in December, and I read that. And that's going to go on a five-week hiatus, and I had to read it again. I'm thinking, wow, okay. That's, that's bad. That's bad form, CW, bad form. Yeah, they said – I read something somewhere um, that CW is looking at wanting to take on another DC property for a – for a, t- for a TV show, too. Uh, they, they are. And, and actually, I believe their CEO just came out and said there are no plans to cut any more of the DC TV shows on now. Yeah. But I know they said there's no plans. But if they're looking to take on a new DV- DC TV show. Where they, they, right. Where are they going to fit it? Where are they going to fit it? And I mean, I have to think that makes makes them not as confident in Batwoman as what they would think they are. Uh, I can see the confidence level not being as high on Batwoman because there was mixed results when she premiered in the Elseworlds um, mm-hmm. crossover. I, I personally think it's going to be great. I loved, um, what is it, Ruby Rose yeah. as, as a character. So uh, I'm going to be on board for it when it comes on. You saw the Elseworlds one? I did not see the Elseworlds. She was good at that. Oh, I yeah. take it. Okay. I, the only thing I've ever seen her in was Orange is the, is the New Black, and I didn't particularly care for her in that. I've I've never seen her in anything yeah, other I, than so. I, oh, I take that back. And I saw her in The Meg. She was... It's just fine in that. But, you know, I, I didn't particularly care for her character in Orange is the New Black. So, but we'll see. I mean, I'll check it out. I like the character Batwoman. So, yep. she did, enough, she did a good job. It and, oh, so, and this, I actually thought this other news item was actually kind of ironic and funny. So, just last week, we did our show about uh, properties that we want to see made given, you know, movies or TV shows. Um, and ABC and Marvel have announced that they are actively in talks to create a a female-led superhero TV show. There's no details on the characters or what it is, but I just thought it was ironic that we were just talking about it last week, and now ABC is saying, but by the way, we're talking to Marvel about it. Yeah, I wonder who it's going to be. I'm not saying that we had any influence on that. But but we're not saying we didn't. Well, no, I know we didn't. (laughs) Yeah, we're not saying we had any influence, but we're not saying we didn't have any influence. Um, Oh, and let's all uh, have a moment of silence here. Rob Liefeld said he can no longer be associated with his Youngblood property. Oh, damn. Like after, I guess, what, 22 years, he's no longer going to be having an interaction with it. It all has to do with some type of deal that he made um, years ago on it. Mm-hmm. And so basically he's lost rights to it. <laughs> and, I <thought> to <laughs> and, and I thought to myself it was a crappy property anyway, so <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to happen to a nicer guy. <laughs> what was it he said? Oh, yeah, he said it uh, comes after an unexpected conversation with Andrew Rev. A, a man who partnered with Scott Rosenberg to finance uh, Youngblood comics and toys. So apparently, in licensing, he somehow lost his own rights. So. What on earth? You lost the licensing rights to the person that made the toys for you? Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, something to that line, yes. So. Wow. That's wow. Okay. Uh, but I got to tell you, it was funny because when I read it, I'm thinking, does anyone still even care about those characters? Well, and the thing about it is, is what y- your attorney didn't catch that? Right. As a loophole? I mean... Well, I think his attorney is the one who came up and told him, by the way, Rob, you have a problem. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm not signing any contracts for anything like that right. without consulting a good attorney. Because, you know, I don't know anything about that right. stuff, so... 
Well, and my understanding is he signed this contract back when he was 29, mm -hmm. um, when I guess when he was first with Image and, and launching it. So there was probably loopholes he didn't catch then. He probably couldn't actually afford an attorney. So he just signed it and trusted that he was okay. Yeah, I don't know. I can see that. I can definitely see that, especially if someone brings you this thing with like big money and saying, here, just sign here and you'll make money hand over fist. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, you're signing a legal contract. You might want to try to spring for an attorney if there's stuff in there you don't understand. Well, I mean, it's possible he did make money hand over fist because they were a very hot property there in the 90s. They were, but I mean, now you've lost the rights to your to your book until you know until everybody bought a copy of it and realized it was two minutes two minutes horrible. later realized they were done and like wow i didn't read anything that book was horrible yes i so i want to ask you guys to can you just pull the mics down a little bit so we can get a better look at your pretty faces there you go our pretty see faces? all my gray hair i guess uh, yeah and i'm sorry that tom looks like a little bit like half a ghost yeah, yeah the key. <laughs> I think it's just too close. To, the blue is just too close. to Oh, the green you are screen. just a floating torso. Yeah, I guess this shirt will have to go. It looks worse on this other angle. Check this out. Actually, I'm kind of a floating torso. Yeah, check us out too. on YouTube, by the way. Lost in the long box. Yeah, you can, you see, can see me in my oh, ghostness. Right. We are live streaming. And yeah. since we are now doing um, parts of the, the whole segment of parts of our collection type of thing, you're going to want to start watching the YouTube stream. Yeah, because yeah, so. we're showing off our comic books. Exactly. Yep, we got some good stuff today. And uh, Tommy be mailing out that Batman 21 to you next week, Ted. That's not happening. I don't know where he keeps coming up with this from. That's not happening. Uh, so other news, too. Um, so Stanley Artdrum Lau mm -hmm. does some fantastic covers. No I, doubt. I, I would fully admit I'd no buy some of those covers of books I'm not even reading just because of the cover. Yeah, beautiful stuff. Um, so he just unveiled his variant cover for the Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy number one. I did see that. That's which is, which is following money. up from Heroes in Crisis. But what's cool is there are actually two different covers that will interlock. Okay. So there's like one with Harley and one with Poison Ivy, but they, they go together. And then lo and behold, no sooner did he announce that one than Marvel unveiled his variant cover for issue one of The Amazing Mary Jane. Mm -hmm. And I, got, I I really like that cover. <laughs> I He's put a it, talented man. I did put that, by the way, guys, on our uh, Lost in the Long Box Facebook. I think they're both out there. Um, so you can see what they're going to take a look, what they're going to look like. The Mary Jane one is actually kind of cool because she's got like this spider themed gown with like, uh, you know, like webbing on the sleeve or what have you. And she's got a handgun. So it looks like they're doing that. Yeah, whole, it looks like all this old noir. I was about to say 1940s noir thing going yeah, on there. Thing. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet, sweet, sweet cover. I'm, I might actually check out uh, number one solely because of that cover. I wasn't going to, but I might now. Pronounce that word again. Noir. It's not noir. It's noir. 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 I pronounced it wrong. Randy pronounced it right. Okay. Yeah. That, that's because Randy looked it up several years ago because like, how do you pronounce that word? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I pronounced it wrong. Well, only because remember years ago, Marvel did those Spider-Man noir and X-Men noir. And mm -hmm. so I said- Spider-Man you... noir is, is jumped up in price quite a bit too. Well, that was the only one that was actually any, any good. Any good? Well, remember- um, they did the whole Spider-Verse thing a few years ago with um, mm -hmm. Moreland and all the, the Spider-Slayers, and it pulled in all those different um, dimension Spider-Mans, and the Spider-Man noir character was in there. Yeah. yeah. He so, was in uh, the End of the Spider-Verse movie, too. I don't know if you've seen that yet, but that was pretty I, good. I have not. Well, I saw it while we were on vacation on our cruise. Good stuff. I'll, I'll get around to it. I mean, it's just a matter of... So season two of Teen Titans is coming soon, and the trailer is showing us some really nice stuff. Number one, it looks like they will probably be moving to San Francisco, and it looks like they're hinting at the 
Titan's Titan Tower. Tower. The big T. That'll be good. Um, apparently, also, we've already seen in the trailer that we're going to be getting Bruce Wayne, Deathstroke, um, Superboy, and Ravage in the trailer. But there's also, in the first 11 seconds, what appears to be a sneak peek of Miss Martian as well. Oh, yeah. There you go. And she apparently looks a lot like her Young Justice uh, character. There you go. So, like Miss Martian as a character, so that's good. And, you know, it's funny. I never really knew who that character was. She premiered in one of the other books I was reading. I'm like, who is this green chick? And then they called her Miss Martian. And I was like, okay, now I'm going to have to Google this because I don't know who this Wasn't character is. Wasn't she a Jeff is. Johns creation? I think so, yes. I think so, too. Um, but I actually started liking the character and said, wow, this is actually kind of a cool character. Yeah. She's She's got all the same type of powers as John, but minus all the angst. So, <laughs> And she's not a green Martian either. <laughs> right. She's a white Martian. She's a white Martian. Which they um, – now, they do bring her in on Supergirl, Nagan. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, Nagan. So. Yep. I was pretty happy when they brought her in because, again, I'm a big – I'm a fan of the character. Not as big a fan as what, what I was when they brought in um, Jean. We, we were my, my wife and I were watching that episode, and you could see the look on my face when I realized who it was. I went, Jean. I went, and I went, yes! Just like that, <laughs> as soon as she was – he was when he, when he transformed into him, I was like, yes! I will tell you. The CGI for John Jones on that show is phenomenal. I he totally looks marked great. Out. I'm not even gonna lie. I totally marked out. <laughs> marked out. Yeah, it's a wrestling term. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Enos would have understood that, but well, uh, I hate out. Marked out. That's right. See, this is a comic book podcast, so we don't use yeah. wrestling terms. Blur the lines, it. baby. We're not blurring any damn lines. No wrestling terms. Watch the wires, Enos. Um, other news: DC is resoliciting Wildcats relaunch. Um, it was being written by Warren Ellis and Arthur uh, Ramon uh, Villa, Villa Lobos. Um, Six issue miniseries, I guess, was supposed to have been starting. Um, it was announced in May. Uh, I think it was supposed to debut like August, like in three weeks. Now they've pushed it back uh, at a later date. There's actually no confirmation of when it'll be relaunched. So, yeah. well. I'm not super worried about a Wildcats relaunch myself. I'm, I'm not either because I've never read it the first time. I mean, time. there might be people out there that are, and if you are, you know, fantastic for you. But Well, you I'm have to remember, worried. all the image stuff is distributed now pretty much by DC. And some of those characters, especially if they were Jim Lee properties, just came over when Jim Lee was. Yeah, that, that, well, that's DC. a Jim Lee property. And well, well. So, yeah, he's done it for – I think he's done Wildcats for DC before. Yes, yeah. he has. Yeah. In fact, I think uh, – wasn't Grifter one of his characters? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's now, and he's now in the DC proper. So yeah. Oh, he's in the mainstream, not yes. in the, oh, yeah. in the, yes. in the Wildstorm universe. Okay. I and, don't, I, was, I don't know anything fact, about him really. I I, I want to. Voodoo is too. I want it. Who? Voodoo. Yes. Well, yes, because I read Voodoo. Yeah. Um, the the short lived series Fox. on New Fifty Two, which actually I need to go find those. Those those are good. But uh, no, because Grifter ended up with Red Hood and the Outlaws. Okay. Yep. So. Also, some other news that finally came out, um, and I don't know how this went so long before they finally did anything about it. Um, comic book writer uh, Jai Nitz has been banned from the University of Kansas um, after accusations of sexual assault was reported to Kansas City University in nineteen or in twenty seventeen. Now, here was the the thing about it: she reported the sexual abuse by him, and they banned him from the School of Journalism and Mass Communications, but not from the other part of the campus. So Say he was. What? Yes, he was still free to walk around the campus, but just not just, just not in that small that area. one area. 
Um, and then after she came forward, I think in the last couple of years, other women have all started coming forward saying, yes, this guy is a predator. Um, one girl actually straight up reports that he raped her um, at a con, oh, followed her to the parking Lord. lot, forced her into the car. Um, so I just I, I, I don't know what's going to have to happen that we got to start getting these guys off the streets and start listening to women when they say something. And I'm sorry, would you report to the staff of the university that you've been sexually harassed or abused? You don't just ban him from one part of the campus. You right. ban him from the entire right. campus. Right. He, he needs to be gone. Right. Yeah. You know, and and F, F, zero tolerance. Right. That that has to happen. I mean, what what does what good does that do to ban him from one area? Right. Exactly. That and doesn't she, make any sense. And she even commented that yes, they they banned him from like the journalism area, but he was allowed to still walk around the rest of the campus. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, that sure that made her uncomfortable if she had to go across the campus to someplace else. And he's because he was still allowed to come and guest speak at other classes. And I'd have been like. Okay, not only is that wrong, but whoever was in charge of that, the dean, the president, what have you, they need to be shown walking papers. Big Yo, time. Yeah, that, that, that's ridiculous. That's kind of like in the same vein of the situation that went down at uh, Penn State. Right. With, with Sandusky. I, I, that, that, I believe that's what his name was. Jerry uh, yeah. Sandusky. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand that. That's crazy. Which comic book did all this take place in? <laughs> who so, is John Niz? Who did he write for? Uh, everybody, Marvel, DC, Image. Now, I don't unfortunately know any of his titles. Right. Um, I know the name. Right. I do too. I but, just because like, well, when this cropped up, I was thinking, John Niz. I was like, I, I know this name. Yeah. Says, but what has he written? Um, I didn't obviously have enough interest to go Google who what he's written. I just know that I recognize the name. That is way too dark for me to see that, brother. Yes, we talked about that. Kevin Conroy is going to be on the CW Crisis and Infinite Earth. See, had you been on time, you would have. <laughs> nah, nah you, talk, talk to your fellow drivers. I don't know why why people get stupid when it rains. But right? uh, So, oh, is it raining now? It doesn't right, stop now, but it was raining pretty hard earlier. So we covered the – oh, he even brought me orange. You stand in line. <laughs> uh, so anyway <laughs> – um, yes, I needed we, that laugh. Thank you, man. We did talk about the fact that um, – Kevin Conroy is going to be in uh, the Crisis on Infinite Earths. We also talked about the the CF that they did with the CW scheduling for that. Did mm-hmm. you hear about this? Well, no. <laughs> oh, we, we, would you tell me the, the nights that this going to all? Oh be- no, 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 no. So Tommy. Oh, I got to hear this. You're about to see a man explode. Watch this. Oh yeah, Watch this everybody. Be funny. So it's going to premiere in December. Right. Um, and it's going to be on Supergirl, Batwoman. Right. And Flash. Then it's going to take a five week break. And come back on Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow. Go ahead, let that Hollywood. Out. <laughs> you gotta love them, man. After the day I've had, I can't explode over nothing. Else. Did, <laughs> I was gonna say, I think I had a bigger meltdown than that. I That's say, he, did, he didn't explode. No, I mean, I mean, what? It, uh, listen, let's at least get some some steam coming out of and ears here. Right on on majority of things, I have this outlook on it. If I can wait nine months to be born, I can wait. A few weeks to see my man Kevin Conroy. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah, so that's, that's I, good you had no choice, and, but I mean, and, and like yeah, plus on top of that, why? But besides making my blood pressure go up and make myself, I ain't gonna make myself sick over there. I can't, 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 can't make myself sick over somebody making more money than me. So, right. So, so I like like Mad Man said, nothing I can do about it. But but again, I waited nine months to be born. I can wait. A few weeks between shows to watch that. It's DVR, so there's no problem. Right, right. So, uh, but the whole CW crisis on Infinite Earths crossover, I noticed there's all kinds of rumors flying around. Um, 
they said that they still want to try and get um, someone from Smallville on it. And then for a while, they were saying that they, uh, there was a rumor that they had landed, they already had, had lined him up. They had gotten Michael Rosenbaum. Oh, they who, have. He came back and said, no, 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 not true. I'm not doing it. Um, I think they're trying to get him. They're trying to get maybe Tom Welling mm. as, as Superman. Um, there's also rumors that apparently they've gotten Mark Hamill for Joker. Um, yeah, I, that's, I've that's heard that too. a steady rumor that's been I, going I around. Uh, the, the website, that, I mean, I'm sorry, the group page on Facebook has um, someone put this the picture up that I showed you. And first of all, folks, I posted that on the uh, Lawson Longbox page. That's fan art. That's not what Conroy is going to look like because um, I, I, I got that confirmation. But he is confirmed for um, the crisis crossover. Just don't know when he's going to show up, of course. Right. Yeah. Uh, but um, there there's a whole lot of other rumors going around. About as um, um, Randy has said, Mark Hamill being the Joker and all that. I just don't understand how people can take one thing that's been confirmed pretty much and then just go wild with God knows what. It's crazy. Right. And like the, there was one guy, I think it was one of the admins on there, the um, group page that we three are all part of. Um, he was like, well, I need to see something from the CW. <laughs> and I'm like, um, and he was talking about all the sites that he saw it on were like CBR and anything like that. Well, CBR generally puts out fluff when it comes to opinion. Yes. But if you re- go to superhero hype, CBR, bleeding cool, if you've got five other sites other than the one that you get your source from, other than CBR that's saying the same thing, it's pretty much there's, confirmed. Yeah, yeah, there's usually a, a there's usually a sliver of truth hidden somewhere. So. Right, right, and 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 then plus they're all saying the same thing again. The old analogy: if it looks like a duck and it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. It's good eating, too. or it could be yeah. a goose. Oh yeah, could be a goose. Uh, you know, I can't go to bleeding cool anymore because every time I try to read one of the articles, I get these videos in the corner pop up an auto plane. Man, shut your mouth! Every time you read the only one, and it's like that's aggravating. That that is a deal breaker right there. All right, so as we before we keep going, give me the comic you brought from Show and Tell. Go, I'm gonna take a look. Show at and that. Tell, I like it. Just a game we play. When I wanna, I was like, <laughs> see, see um, we, sing I, along with Randy and Enos. So you know. We have a really good chemistry. We could almost do this show alone without Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Is it because of all my Tom King comments? Is that what it is? That's all the wrestling comments. Right. I think yeah. it's all the Tom King comments. All right. So do you have any uh, news items since you got here? We covered all the ones that I looked at and went, hmm, things that make you go, hmm. Mm, oh. uh, no, other than, other than that, that was probably the biggest news that I had. You know, we got, we've got now the... Kevin Conroy can now have the same now can have the same distinction as Adam West as being the only actor to portray both ba- Batman, both animation and in live action. True, and I can tell you this about Mark Hamill's Joker. I think Mark Hamill has more or less stated at some point, "I'll play Joker till I die." <laughs> right, pretty yeah. much, he loves pretty that much. Character. He does a good job with it too. If, so. if, if if you know if the right avenue is, of course, he'd be perfect. But I mean. Come on, the guys, he and Kevin Conroy pretty much were the new millennium voices for these timeless characters. Right. And, um, and but you know who does who, who needs to get give a little bit of props to because he did a great job as the character and to see him evolve. That's Lauren Lester. Yeah. He did a great job as Robin as the 
Robin with the Tim Drake costume. I, I would like to see something that they keep dissing Tim Drake for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, because I loved, I he, absolutely loved him. Next the to Dick Tim Drake. Yeah. yeah, he's one of my favorite yeah. Robins. Next to t- next to Dick Grayson, he is arguably the best. The, the, one of the best Robins that's ever worn the costume. Yep. I yep. love what they've done to Jason Todd. Finally, somebody has seen that Jason Todd is a credible and worthwhile enough character to do something with. They just it's it's kind of like 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 we've talked about before, and I'm gonna get off this. When you were talking about Aquaman, the Punisher, and everything, they were they're all great characters. You just got to know what to do with them. Yeah. It's just a damn shame they had to kill Jason Todd off. And 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 this was one time I think they really needed not to listen to the fans on this, because well ultimately they didn't. Well, no, they didn't. You're right because they brought they brought him back. But yeah, but look how many years. They I did. mean, yeah, it was a long time later, long but ultimately time, they but, didn't listen but, but, to them. Yeah, people and, don't remember those 900 numbers anymore. Right, no, right. exactly. <laughs> but 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 I got to give my hats off to Judd Winnick. If it was not for Judd Winnick, we would have never got the Red Hood. Right. But you know what's funny though? You talk about how people um they listen to people and they they killed robin i unfortunately getting that way now with damian wayne i'd like to see a crowbar ticket oh yes <laughs> somebody killed i, him. I am can't so, wait i am so glad that i am not the only one who doesn't like him yeah right i don't like the way they write him the way he talks to alfred he called alfred pennyworth yeah now all even jason yeah. had more had respect, more respect for, for alfred than that little fart yeah. yeah, and then and then he's gonna say the Pennyworth, and they'd be a little smart, a little be a little smart ass about it. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, he's the worst. Foot dead in his well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rand, let's get on some show and yeah, tell. Let's yeah. keep going. So first off, new releases. The only thing that really came out was Absolute Carnage number one. Mm. Um, I passed that over. Hey, guess what? My phone's not a mouse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's old age right there. <laughs> All right, so yes, let's get to show and tell. Let's go and start it off with. What Enos brought in. <coughs> now, what is the significance of this book? Uh-huh. That is the evolution of the original Aqualad Garth. I'm killing into the Aquaman number 20. Into Tempest. I say, he, yeah, he became Tempest here, right? Yes. And um, that's better. They and, and to this day, I don't know why he was killed off. And I think it was Infinite Crisis. But they later brought him back in the Aquaman. Infinite Crisis? Oh, yeah, it might. Yeah, um, uh, I believe he was killed off in Infinite Crisis, and they brought him, but uh, Garth, he was going by Garth, but they did bring him back, and he's been part of the New 52 Aquaman line. But uh, this was a great issue, and um, I think, ain't that Phil Jimenez who's got, who did the art on that, Randy, on the cover of that? Is that Phil Jimenez? Uh, I don't see where he signed it. Okay. But yeah, that's um, that, that particular issue is the beginning of the evolution of Garth into Tempest with his sorcerer-like powers. Yep, I, and I I will admit I always did like him better as Tempest and Aqualad. I thought right. Aqualad was was too much of a forced sidekick. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. So who else we got here? Oh, so Tommy brought the boring book of the week. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is not the boring book of the week. <laughs> this goes along with our theme of tonight. This, it does go along with the theme. So tonight's theme is going to be um, 
properties that weren't comic books but successfully cross over into comic books. You always got the opposite, you know, they cross over into movies and television successfully. So listen, what's, what about the opposite? What about the things that didn't start that way but made a, a successful transition? So Tommy brought in DC Comic Presents number 47, which is Superman and the Masters of the Universe. This is the first appearance of He-Man in, in a comic, comic book, book form. In comic book form. I could die. This. That's right, baby. <laughs> E-man. What? Uh, <laughs> I could die. By the power of Grayskull. I guess it's by default the first appearance of Skeletor, too. How so many people bought that. this book hoping that he did die at the end? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all leave E-man. Uh, you know what? Yeah, it would be the first appearance of Skeletor, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. As, as someone who grew up with He-Man, this has been a book I'd wanted for a long time. I got, was able to pick it up last year at a good price. I missed. Um, I bought this book later. But I slept on this in high school. I was a freshman. In, I was in the ninth grade when this song. I mean, Lord Jesus, <laughs> when that mo- when this book came out. I'm saying movie books, everything. But uh, I slept on that. But yeah, that's part of my collection as well. So I yep. want to I want to back up here. You picked this up for a good price. Yep. D- define good price. I got it for like uh, sixty bucks. Sixty bucks? Yeah. Are you kidding me? That's a hundred dollar book right there, buddy. In what universe? In this one, Kernia. <laughs> <laughs> wow okay yeah 60 bucks damn yeah I, gotta get I am on. adam prince of eternia and guardian of <laughs> until i held him off the bad sword and said by the power of gray skull i have to be honest with you because i, I don't number but know the number of this book and i'll explain that in a second um but keeping with tonight's theme i brought in a gold key oh Star snap Trek. now i think it's either number 19 or 20 the, the reason I say I don't remember the numbers is because the Gold Key publisher was horrible about actually putting numbers yeah. on oh, the covers. They were t- all yeah. things, man. You, you I used to, to hate getting those comics. That's a pretty book, too. Yeah. You had to actually look in Inside, the book to yeah. see what issue it was. Uh, because it because even a little code in the corner here, 90210-405 tells you <laughs> squats. Nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. So, but I, I want to say it's either 19 or 20. Um, and I can probably go check that on um, – on uh, uh, one of my websites that I get my comics from, and, and that'll tell me what which issue it is. Keep so. point the point the mouth at the mic, mic man. Point my mouth at the mic. Yeah, there we go. Tongue twister. It's 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 hard to hold the book and talk and and be able to look around the the pole that's holding the camera. Uh-huh. All right, so that I started to get it to Enos. I'm like, what am I doing? And now. Because Mad Men decided that it's a contest and we someone has to win every week. You got to make a step up to the plate. That's man. that's right. Um, he brought in this. This is another beautiful book, by the way. I mean, this is. I'm really You're impressed the fact that there's like no rust around the staples too. Yeah. Justice League of America number thirty-seven. That is a prime Silver Age book. This is the first appearance of the Silver Age appearance of the Thunderbolt, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Madman, you have got some amazing Justice League. Yeah, yeah, you, you got an amazing collection, broski. Uh, get used to these Justice League books because I'm going to keep bringing them in. <laughs> these, these are my favorite comic books that I own, and I'm so glad we got the show and tell segment because oh, yeah. so, cool, somebody else is getting cool. a look at these books. Got to thank our, our man Ted for that. So yeah, I just idea. have to ask you now, um, have you amended your will lately? No. I, I need to make So sure everything still goes to me, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay. I need to get on your good side somehow. How do I do that? Oh. Maybe a case of beer every Wednesday before the show. Would yeah. do it. Maybe. But that, that is a beautiful book right there. Yeah, it is. That's amazing. Well, I love Mr. Terrific. He's one of my favorite JSA characters. Yes. Did you get mad like I did when they killed him off? Yeah. Mad. Uh, yeah. That that was that just smelled, man. I was like, I was like, uh, 
12 years old when they yeah. did that. I was like, and then they put, had the dude Spirit King going to the body of my favorite Flash. Um, uh, Jay Garrett was sake. dumb. Yeah, you know what I really loved sake. about the whole thing with the, the human Thunderbolt, though? Was the way he summoned him with that weird word, say you. Say you. C-E-I-U. <laughs> and I'm like, what in the hell is that? Where is that coming from? All right. So and that was our real, show and tell. Real quick, Randy, your comic is number 24. It's number 24. Number wow. 24. Okay. Start date 19 colon 26 dash 2. I'm going to have to start picking those up because those things are getting harder and harder to find. The gold key ones? The gold key Oh, ones. yeah. The gold key are getting high. Remember, you, remember back in the day when you could go to like a high's ice cream store and see a pack of comics? Oh, my God. He's, and, he's too young to remember. Uh, high's high's ice cream store. <laughs> and, and look, or else. We had the one across the street from my elementary school. I remember high's. Yeah, yeah. man. And like you would see when there were the three packs, the packs of I comics. I three, three packs, packs of comics. And everyone. Was always you were guaranteed to get a gold key Star Trek, right? Yep. right. But you know what I hated because you, you knew what the one on one side was, you knew what the one on the other side but was, but you didn't know and, what and the middle was. To, and you kept trying to fudge with the yeah. classic so you can I'm see so what. I'm so glad I'm not the only one who did it because you're sitting up there doing this, looking like Pee Wee Herman try, trying to look, trying to get a side eye down. Side this, yeah, and you're trying to do it so you don't crinkle the comic, so you got yeah. the bag held, and you're trying to grab the spine of the comic and, and smudge it just a bit to see if you can get an idea of what it is. Yeah, because it was always something. It was always like was Lulu or like you know yeah. Richie Rich or stupid something you didn't want. Little yeah. devil, and you're like, oh, God, yeah, tales, and it's almost, tales of Betty and Veronica. Yeah, and it's almost like the person who pays for. Oh, I got these suckers now, boy. <laughs> I, I'm going to put in here Herman, little uh, Herman and Catnip. So or, like, <laughs> or, or, or worse yet, you would have a Star Trek on one side and you flipped it over and there would be like a, a Harvey comic, like yeah. Casper or something. Yeah. And Hot you stuff. would say, well, that means that maybe the middle book has to be good. Oh, It'd no. be another freaking Harvey, Harvey comic. comic. Yeah. <laughs> Cas- or Spooky. Right. That big, big black nose in the black. <laughs> the yeah, I remember those. All right. Madman, pay some bills. Lost in the Long Box is sponsored by Flashback Comics. Flashback Comics is located in Woodbridge, Virginia, and they have tons of new comics, back issues, trade paperbacks, toys, and statues. They're located at 3112 PS Business Drive, just off of Smoketown Road. They are open Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m., and on Sundays, they're open from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Be sure to tell Troy Lost in the Long Box sent you. Should I get my ukulele? And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that reminds me, too, um, one of our listeners is actually a regular at Flashback Comics. So, Troy, um, we are reaching your customers. Um, and Gregory, uh, I, again, I want to apologize. I didn't get to your artwork in time last week. You, you sent it, and then I totally hazed and forgot to go look at it. Um, and like I said, I opened it on my phone, and it didn't show me the artwork. So oh, I'm like, well, God. it's not here. Um but I actually, and I don't think you've seen it um, yet, Enos, on our lo- on our Facebook page, mm-hmm. I've posted some art by our listener, Gregory B., out mm-hmm. there. So, guys, if you're listening, go out to our page. There's some artwork there from uh, our friend Gregory here in the area. And if you want to hire him to do some art, you can try contacting him through our page. Or if you want to email us at lostinalongbox at gmail.com, I will see if I can't hook you up with them. Oh, I forgot to tell you something, my friend. I... Um, watch Shazam the the uh, deleted scenes this weekend, and I got a real good look at those buttons. Uh-huh. And that's indeed it's that is our Tawny. friend Talkie Tawny is right on those buttons. Yeah, and, and and he keeps and he keeps for some reason he keeps 
uttering Wayne the train. <laughs> he he he's keep he keeps saying he's trying to call Wayne to convert him to love Shazam. I've given up on Wayne. Oh, you, did, yeah, but <laughs> didn't did you tell him you disowned him? Yes, I did. Oh, poor Wayne. <laughs> There's still hope for you, I, Wayne. I, I'm only saying that because I'll see him tonight. Yep. <laughs> There's still hope for you, Wayne, to jump on the, the Shazam family bandwagon. Yeah, get on board, buddy. Come on. That's but I have to. Uh, uh, I still have to buy that too. I haven't bought Shazam. Yeah, yet. it's out now. So, yeah. So. And Batman Hush came out yesterday, didn't it? Really? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yes. it was supposed to come out this month. I think you're right. So I'm gonna have to get that one also too. All right. Don't so go to Walmart. The Walmart doesn't have it. Let's get to tonight's topic again. But um, boom. Those properties that did not start as comic books, maybe started as a movie or TV show or a cartoon, but successfully crossed over into comics and did so with a bang. Um, I have the two most obvious ones on my list. So, um, Tommy, you start with um, that robot guys. That robot guys? Well, obviously, we're going to talk about the Transformers. And, you know, one of the greatest comics in the modern age, Transformers number one, major key issue. (laughs) Nothing, Randy? No. no you're no, not going to not not gonna, gonna jump? Not going to take the Not going to take the bait? I'm about to pull the no. same bonfire party for that that I am for X-Men number one. No, yeah. this, this is a great book. I um, This is a great series. It ran for quite some time with the original Marvel issue. Um, it was supposed to be a four-issue miniseries, and it did right. so well that they they continued an ongoing series. It ran 80-some issues. Um, the last issue, it was, it's really funny if you can, if you can find it, cause it's very hard to find cause the print run was so low, but it says on, on the covers like 84 and a four issue limited I, I, series. Now I will admit, yep. I do remember the, that it said a four issue limited series and then it w- didn't obviously end at four issues, but I like the fact that they even poked fun at their own, at their own, I don't want to, what's what I'm looking for. And I won't say a joke, but the, their own, uh, Short side and was thinking it was only right. going to be a four issue right. series. Right, it, it ran for eighty <laughs> issues before being canceled. So it was it ran for quite some time. It was a great series. I I've read the first I want to say twenty. Uh, issue five is one of my favorites. It has a great cover with Shockwave on it, and it says the tra- again. Of course, it's the Transformers up there at the top, and it's written and and the uh, on on it are all dead with yeah, Shockwave. Right, with Shockwave. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, cover. it's a beautiful cover. But that comic got a boost because that same year, that fall. Um, right behind the first two issues, they um, showed during the afternoon segments the original Transformers animated miniseries that introduced the characters, and we got our first um, listening listen to of Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime, um, Frank Iconic Welker, voice. Frank Welker as um, Megatron, mm-hmm. and Dan Gilvezan as Bumblebee. Now the name does not sound familiar to you, but if you are a fan of Spider-Man and his amazing friends, Dan Gilvezan was the noticeable voice of Spider-Man and Peter Parker, and he was our first Bumblebee. Huh, did not know that. Yeah. So I, I do have to ask a question about the Transformers series. Yes. Um, the character that Megan Fox played in the movies, does she premiere in this series? Uh, she was made up for the, the worthless. Movie. Yeah, she was made up for the movie. <laughs> then that book is worthless. Yeah, th- this was this actually, if I remember correctly, that um, they had the the no, okay, never mind. They had they had the Witwickies in yeah, the Spark Plus. Yep. Instead of <laughs> Autobots transform All right, and roll out. out. So Peter I'm going to take, also did Voltron. Too. Yeah. I'm going to take up the next one. By the way, guys, um, this topic tonight was um, suggested to us by our friends Jim H. Um, he actually was one of the ones who won of our uh, Arrow comic number one giveaway, and he wanted to hear about Star Wars, Firefighter, Star Trek. And I says, well, he says, we can actually do a show about them crossing into comics, even though that's not where they started. Um, and one that I have is 
Star Wars. Probably one of the, I would say, arguably one of the most successful, one of the most successful franchises, franchises into comics. Itself. I'd probably say the most successful, the most, yes, the most successful, followed by my number two. But um, so Star Wars started with Marvel Comics, ran 107 issues, and had three annuals. Um, the first, I think, five or six issues obviously did Star Wars. Um, what's really great about that, if you look at issue one of Star Wars, it's pretty obvious they were doing a thing where they were sent a script and they were illustrating without having seen any artwork because Darth Vader looks horrible on the cover of issue one. He's well, like, yeah, yeah, they did, like you said. And that number one will cost you a pretty penny too, especially if you want to get the the special 35-cent the, the edition. The 35-cent edition when they change price, right? Yeah. Um, but so – and what I thought was kind of interesting is – when they ran the series, they obviously did Star Wars for the first five or six issues. Then they did original stories. And then when Empire Strikes Back came out, they wrote the story series so that it led up to that. And then mm-hmm. we had Empire Strikes Back. But Return of the Jedi was a separate four-issue miniseries. Yes, it, it didn't was. run in the regular series, which I thought was kind of weird. I had that at one point, the four-issue miniseries for Return of the Jedi. Because I'm wondering, and I don't think the book had ended then, right? No, it The hadn't. book was still going. It was still going. So that, that didn't make any sense to me. And then, um, obviously, after um, Return of the Jedi and the series wraps, Marvel quits doing it. And I think they probably even lose the rights. And then Dark Horse got a hold of it in 1991. And let's be honest, Dark Horse did some amazing took it things to another level. that series. Yes. You took the words right out of my mouth, um, um, Tommy. That They just went and just created a whole new universe, basically. Oh, yeah. I love the, uh, the, the Knights of the Old Republic. The Old Republic stories were that was great. real popular, yeah. Yeah, they well, were fantastic. Well, here's what's funny. You know how Dark Horse got this? Because apparently um, Tom Veach, Veach, I guess, V-E-I-T-C-H, one of my favorite writers back in the day, and Cam Kennedy were doing a book deal for Epic Comics. Remember Marvel's yeah, shoot right. of Epic? Mm-hmm. They were going to be doing a new Star Wars comic there for Archie Goodwin. But then what ended up happening was Archie Goodwin left, and so Marvel killed the project. And then it went to Dark Horse. Wow. Because Dark Horse then turned around and did the whole Dark Empire story, and that propelled it. So how many series did they have? Because they had it from like 1991 to 2004. And let's see. 2014. 2014. My bad. Sorry. 838 standard issues. There you go. Crazy. I mean, that's just nuts. And then (laughs) poor Dark Horse, you know, Disney bought Lucasfilm. Yeah, and I thought when Disney bought Lucasfilm and they took back that franchise, I thought I thought to myself, "Well, Dark Horse is done." Oh yeah, I thought that was going to kill it. I thought within within a year that Dark Horse would be done because that was their biggest, by far, their biggest. Th- that was book. their yeah. hugest property. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but they they're they're still around. They're still doing well. Well, those poor guys. So here's here's what's funny about Dark Horse. At the time, they were living off of basically um, the Star Wars series, and like their what was it, BPRD books, and don't mm-hmm. they also have Hellboy, Hellboy. and Hellboy? Hellboy? So they had a few titles that was holding Dark Horse together, but let's let's be honest, Star Wars was it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean... That was, Star Wars was the bread and butter of Dark Horse. Right. Yeah. But then they also had Firefly, and they also had Aliens, and their Alien stuff did fantastic yeah. as well, too. And then, lo and behold, Disney bought Fox. And I started laughing. I said, poor Dark Horse can't catch a break. Can yeah, right. <laughs> right. Because I'm waiting for those properties to disappear and go to Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, though. They might not. They might keep them there. Because I know that, you know, Dark Horse is still doing some stuff. Because they do, like, some of the, the the Frozen. I saw Frozen, the comic book, was put out by Dark Horse, which is right. just mind-boggling. 
It's like, uh, why on earth is Dark Horse putting out Frozen the comic book? Right. But anyway, so Star Wars leaves Dark Horse, goes to Marvel, you know, in 2015 and they now have it today and they actually took their cue from dark horse and they have just flooded the market with star wars comics so i mean how many they got here so i've got like star wars which is one through 69 and four annuals so far 69 issues of star wars from from marvel already mm-hmm. you know what's really disgusting about this too i looked at the marvel previews do you know that the books with the highest sequential number now are all Star Wars comics? Oh, yeah. They're some of their best-selling it's, books, It's none of their standalones. There's, you know, Avengers, Fantastic Four, all of those. I don't think any of them are above issue 40 or 50 now. Yeah, and, and they're they, some of their best-selling books, too. Oh, yeah. Because they also did, like, a, a Darth Vader. Um, I think that's a regular series. It's got 25 mm-hmm. issues now. And they got Star Wars, Canaan, Poe, Dameron. So they are just lighting it up over there with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, you know, the fans from the Dark Horse books followed and everything. Right. And, that, and from my understanding, the quality – I'm not reading any of the Star Wars books right now, but I understand the quality is still pretty good. I read the like maybe the first six or seven issues of the Star Wars series when they launched. Mm-hmm. But I said, you know, I don't want to get sucked into that fandom as well. And, because, and no offense to Star Wars fans. I just have too many fandoms now, and I don't need any more. Right. <laughs> All right. So, Enos, what do you got? I'm going to go over one that very few people talk about, but – has a very significant following. It started off as a toy line and was introduced by Marvel Comics in the mid to late 70s. And this... <laughs> oh, I hope I know where you're going with this. Uh, and yes, you do. I'm talking about the Micronauts. Yes! yes. Yep. I love the Micronauts. Mego Toy Company arguably was... You know, we had Mattel. We had Marks. We had... Um, all different different kinds of toy companies that put out a lot of things that we liked. Especially, you know, speaking of you know, me and Randy when we were growing up. But being that we're, we were comic book fans or fans of science fiction and stuff like that, Mego was the toy company. Yep. Mego put out the um, world's greatest superhero line. The, the Batman, Superman, Batman, Aquaman. There was even a Tarzan one. Um, they put, they had Share. They had Farrah Fawcett. They had um, and then and they had um the Linda Carter Wonder Woman doll. They had the supersized Superman with the Christopher Reeve Superman Jor El General Zod, what have you. But quite arguably, one of their biggest franchises was the Micronauts, a Croyer Space Glider, um Baron Carza, Robotron, Robotron, Biotron, exactly. And in uh, 1977, 77, 78, they made Marvel Comics acquired the license for the um, Micronauts series. And not only did they have the popular characters, but they created some of their own mm-hmm. that wound up being mainstays in Marvel, especially Marionette and Bug. And Commander Arthur and I'm sorry. Captain Universe. And Captain. Oh man. Captain Universe. Micronauts number eight is a hard book to find now because it's first appearance of Captain Universe. And you know what? I bet you did the same thing I did when that book came out. You saw number one and you saw it was Micronauts, and you were like, "Really? You're going to do a comic book on these toys?" Yeah. But you know why you picked it up? Because of Marionette on the cover. Yeah. <laughs> and also, and that was due also in part by um, an artist that we featured on our unsung. Um, artist list Michael Golden yep love me some Michael Golden and then you read the first issue and thinking wow 
this is actually really good. And says, and yeah, you, it was really good. And 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 that and that was the thing. What Marvel did, it gave it kind of like it. Now, by no means, ladies and gentlemen, was the Micronauts franchise flatlined. They were one of the most popular toys um, that was out because they were interchangeable. You could yep. attach everybody with everyone. But Marvel just gave them something that that just solidified their legacy. It breathed life into them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Breathed absolutely. life into them. Absolutely. Your toys. Yeah. And especially, I remember um, two things from that series that just stuck with me was number one, how much of a badass they made Baron Carza. Oh, okay. yeah. And Baron Baron Cause was right on par with um Darth Vader. Oh yeah, and the whole thing with the uh, the body banks, and you find out that he was sacrificing the poor to keep the rich alive. I mean, that was kind of a that was almost kind of a dark concept for oh, a, yeah. toy a toy line. Absolutely, yeah. And then also, I was also thinking, well, obviously they're going to come to Earth, and no one's going to know they're there. But they're the very first issue and the second issue, you find the. Um, Warriors that have followed them and have left these debris in this crashed ship in Steve Dayton's yard in in, the, yeah. in Florida, and right then and there, they they address the fact that we're not going to let them just be here and, and ignored. We're going to have the world know they're here. And then when they tied it into the Marvel universe, because I think the X Men is the first one they meet, right? Um, with Nightcrawler, that was fantastic. When they said, "Okay, we're going to just bring it right into the main Marvel universe, and we're not going to offshoot yeah. it into another parallel," it was a fantastic series, right? And then uh, I remember, because that, when I went to the direct only market, oh, that crushed me because I had had a falling out with the only store we had here. So for years, I didn't read any of that series ah. because I couldn't get them. Are we talking about the same person? Yes. Oh. You know who it is. I it used to be down on Princess Anne yes. Street in that little hotel there. Everybody in Fredericksburg yeah. had a falling out with her Everybody at one point. Yeah. books and things? Well, never... we see now, we weren't going to name names, Tommy. We're well, they've been out of business for years. They've been out of business, so, you know. But, but, but I, I think everybody wondered what her tale, man. That woman, that woman was. You talk to any comic collector in the Fredericksburg area, and at one, especially if they're our age, yeah. at one time or another, you stopped at Marie's, and at one time or another, she you. Oh, you were ready to whip her tail <laughs> when you walked out the store. And 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 let's face it, she had um, she had one one foot in the nut house and the other one on banana peels. So right. You know. So anyway, Micronauts, fantastic series, and you know that got revived a few years ago. Who's doing it now? Um, IDW. IDW, I think, is doing some Micronauts, but and it's funny because IDW has been doing it. The Marvel back series now are hard to find. Oh my god! I just yeah. recently got all mine back again because I went and reread the whole series, and I and I remember reading, thinking, "Man, this was such a great series. Why did I ever get rid of these?" Well, I mean, I know why. Hey, Madman, you got anything on your list? Twilight Zone. Oh yes, <laughs> um, that was another gold key comic. Yep, another mm -hmm. gold key comic. Um, I always thought that was uh, <clears throat> Twilight Zone is a very interesting concept, and I think that it, it was like almost immediately that the success of that show, uh, somebody wanted to buy that property, and so Gold Key snapped it up, and um. And at first they started just doing like shows, the shows that they were doing right in the comics and stuff like that, because that kind of writing is incredibly hard. And when it comes to like because um, I've written books of of that same kind of ilk with the Exit 13 series, you get on Amazon. Just look for Scott L. Robbins, the two T's and two B's. Or you can download my like Exit 13 stories, which are it's incredibly difficult to write that way <laughs> right. to, make, to make it really good and interesting. And so um, and um. <clears throat> 
a lot of the writers for the TV series, like Richard Matheson and Rod Serling, you know, they had their hand in those comic books, you know, directing them. But I mean, it's incredibly difficult to write that kind of story. And I have a tremendous respect for that. Well, and Gold Key, one of their big things was all the TV properties, because I think yeah. they also had a Man from Uncle series. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they also had the Green, um, Hornet. Green yeah, Hornet, Hornet series. And um, there was only three books produced. They were all with, because I have two of them. Right. Van Williams and the, uh, the late Van Williams and the late Bruce Lee were on uh, both of those covers. And the art was by Dan Spiegel, who drew the backup feature of Nemesis for Brave and the Bold back during the 80s when they introduced that character. Yeah. Also, did, um, didn't like Dell do a bunch of like uh, like 60s TV shows like Dr. Kildare? Yep. Yeah. Dell yeah. did as well. Yeah. Dell and um, Gold Key were to the, like, friend, the TV shows and cartoons what. Dark Horse was to um, Star Wars. Well, they were, they were smart about it. They yeah. knew they couldn't compete with DC and Marvel with superheroes. Right. So they said, well, there's tons of television shows that are popular. We can capitalize on that. Yeah. Um, and speaking of so, and that's going to – great segue. Da, da, da. The second most successful comic book series based off of another franchise from TV or movies has to be Star Trek. Oh, yes. Oh, no yeah. doubt. Um, and it started with Gold Key, which is the one I, I brought for show and tell. See how I tied that in? Um, yeah, very clever. So what was great was – so Gold Key published Star Trek from like 1967 to 1978. Um, how many issues did it run? It had 61, uh, 61. 61 issues. But here's what's fantastic, and I did not know this, which means now I am going to go back and find all these things. They originally were doing like some of the original stories and like original plots, but then they started doing tie-in episodes to actual Star Trek episodes. Right. So like they had a sequel to City on the Edge of Forever, which is hands down the best Star Trek episode ever. Mm -hmm. um, City on the Edge of Forever, they did a follow-up to Metamorphosis. They did a follow-up to I, Mud. Um, and then uh, Lynn Wine was actually one of the writers for that. So there a lot of big names on it. Um, and I see series. on your list George Cashton, who yes. was – one of the head writers on the 1966 to 68, um, the New Adventures of Superman cartoon, as well as Superboy and the other DC characters that um, that had um, shows for CBS um, from Filmation. Right. And I think part of what kept Gold Key Star Trek alive was that falls right into the time frame when the animated series hit. Yeah. Because didn't the animated series hit like 72, 73? 73. So it ran for you 61 issues. I, I only have a couple of them on tape, uh, but I have um, the two most big important ones. I have uh, more, Trouble Troubles. more Troubles, More Troubles, <laughs> and I have The Infinite Vulcan. Those are the only two you need from the animated. Um, but what <laughs> So what was interesting is after Gold Key lost it, Marvel Comics picked it up. Mm -hmm. And they picked it up right after the resurgence with Star Trek The Motion Picture. Picture. Yeah. But here's what's funny. It only ran like 18 issues, and I found out that the reason that series from Marvel failed the first time is they were only given the rights to the characters and the concepts from the motion picture. They yeah, weren't allowed that's, to – that's what's the problem. Yeah, that handcuffs that, you. That very first Star Trek movie, it was just awful. Right. Yeah. So they weren't allowed Viger, to baby. use – Viger, Yeah, they weren't allowed to use any of the previous history. I'm thinking, yeah. well, no wonder that failed because eventually – the writer's like, I can't do anything, you know. I'm allowed to use two new characters from the movie, and one of them who's actually, you know, is dead, and the other one who's gone off with V'ger. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it was very limiting. So Marvel lost it, and then it went to DC Comics. And I have to give DC props. I did not expect it to do well at DC. Oh, but it did and it big took, time. It took off majorly. DC, DC got a lot of my money with the Star Trek, especially after – 
um, Star Trek, what Star Trek Six: The Voyage Home. Right after that movie, man, I I was not a big Star Trek fan, but I really enjoyed that movie, especially that yeah. especially right. with the um, that movie. You actually got to see the um, it's not camaraderie. How close Jim and Spock were. Right. Right. Absolutely. Is that that's the one where um. The whales. I, oh yeah, the one. The, I, the whales. Four. Is, is that four, the one where four, he says, four, "I okay. am now and always have been your friend"? Th- th- that was well, uh, that was the um. Well, they use it in a couple of them. Yeah, they use it in two when Spock's dying. Yeah. and they use it in three when they bring him back. Bring him back. Okay, but I believe Spock says it in two, and Kirk says it in three. Right. No, no, no. Because actually, Spock does remember it in three when he gets his memory back. Right. So, but anyway, so the DC series actually picks up. After Wrath of Khan. Right, right. And then what I really, really loved about the DC series is they had that fantastic story where they went back to the Mirror Universe with the the Evil Federation. That was a fantastic story. If you guys out there could find that in trade, you need to pick that storyline up. That was fantastic. I'm going to be part of the the Mirror Universe next week. I will shave down to nothing but my goatee because if the Mirror Universe taught us anything, the goatee means evil. Absolutely. Um, And it also, too, um, brought back two of the characters from the animated series, um, Memres and and Erex. Erex? Right. Um, from the animated, so that was funny because um, I didn't even realize that where they tied in from. But so then DC had it ran for quite a while. They also had a really successful Next Generation series. Um, then DC lost it, and it actually, ironically, ended up back at Marvel and Paramount Comics. But again, it only went for like maybe uh, twenty issues. They had several different miniseries. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot why that ended. Why did it? Well, end? was that Mal- they had Malibu had it uh, yeah. at least Deep Space Nine before well, Marvel did. Well, Malibu had it. Well, Malibu gets it. I think after Marvel's Paramount Comics. Oh, that's right. Malibu gets it between DC and Marvel. They actually reevaluated the cost and the production and the value of carrying Marvel uh, Comics slash Paramount Comics and decided it wasn't worth it, so they cut it. Right. That's why they all died. But there has actually been a resurgence of. Uh, Star Trek with IDW mm-hmm. and they actually I don't remember them before th- the other comics they put out because apparently they did some miniseries before but I do know that after the the movie the reboot movie by J.J. Abrams they started a new Star Trek series and what's really great about it is they were retelling some of the original Star Trek tales from the viewpoint of the new universe so yeah Star Trek easily the second uh, best uh Series that started elsewhere, no doubt, and went to comics. Star Wars, Star Trek. I'm running out of time. Wow, we're down to a minute left. Mm. So, Jim, there you go, buddy. We talked about Star Wars comics, Star Trek comics. Next week, guys, we're going to be revisiting the classic story, Crisis on Infinite Earth. Oh, boy. Everybody reread that thing. Um, But before we go, I want to point out, um, go ahead, visit us on uh, Lost and Longbox on Facebook. We have lostandlongbox at gmail.com. Please drop us a line. Tell us how we're doing. Tell us what you'd like to hear. Um, Madman's got his podcast every Tuesday night at 6 o'clock. Um, That's right. Shock Monkey Shock Radio. Monkey Radio. Thank you very much. Almost could get it out there. Um, ComicsOnline.com, our sister show on Mondays from 930 to 1030. Enos has got his Facebook pages. I know a lot of you guys out there are also members of that, but it's the realm of superheroes, comics, and pop culture. Batman, yesterday, today, and forever. Um, that's all the time we have for this week. We're going to have to start expanding this show, man. Tell me about so, it. So, But until next time, we'll be down here wondering Times must be tough 
when the absorbing man becomes a spokesperson for bounty towels. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that, Tommy? Because we're lost in a long box. Yes, we are. Thank you, everybody. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone.